Welcome to Our Lives with Shannon Fisher, where we discuss everything that brings us life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Our Lives with Shannon Fisher. This is your host, Shannon Fisher. My guest today has written an instant New York Times bestseller. It has already been optioned as a major motion picture by Steven Spielberg, and we're going to talk about it. We've got the pleasure of speaking with Judy Battalion, and she is here to talk about her newest book, The Light of Days, the untold story of women resistance fighters in Hitler's ghettos. Judy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Now, a lot of people assume that all the World War II stories have already been told, uh, but you have managed to find an immensely compelling story or or hardly anyone has ever heard. It's a, a group of brave resistance fighters who were Jewish women in Polish ghettos, um, at somewhere still in their teens who kind of served as an armed underground resistance in, in more than 90 Eastern European ghettos. How did you stumble upon this information? I came to this, to this narrative, to this story, to this information completely by accident. Um, I never intended even to write a, a history of the Holocaust at all. Um, it actually began I, I, it's, I, 14 years ago. Um, I, I can hardly believe it. And I was living in London at the time. And I, I, it was a time in my life where I was thinking a lot about my Jewish identity. I am the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. Um, but I was thinking about about what I call the emotional legacy of the Holocaust, about how mm-hmm. trauma trickles through generations. And I, I'm a very anxious person. And everything at that time felt very dangerous to me. And I began to, I, I began to wonder how much of my anxiety was due to my Holocaust heritage. How much had my family's past shaped how I perceived, how I reacted to everyday dangers? And I decided to write a personal, this was going to be a personal performance piece around these issue um, of of danger and and the legacy of the Holocaust. And I, I went to do some research on this in the British Library and happened to come across an old dusty book, and it was uh, an unusual book. It was, had a blue fabric cover with you know, gold lettering, and it was in Yiddish, and it was called Froyen in the Ghettos, Women in the Ghettos. Um, and even as unusual as the book is the fact that I speak Yiddish. So right. I started just flipping through this because I was curious about this object. And inside, this was 200 pages of stories of young Jewish women who fought the Nazis and primarily from within the ghettos in Poland. And, the, you know, these were chapter titles like weapons, ammunition, partisan combat. These were stories about women jumping off trains, about Jewish women blowing up trains. And I, I had never, I had never heard anything like this. And, uh, and and that's how the, the project found me. Um, the subject found me. And I, I, that was the beginning of a, of a long obsession with, with this story. 
Well, that is that is understandable. You you said that their spirit of resistance was colossal compared with the Holocaust narrative that you'd grown up with with your Jewish parents. And so is it that spiritedness kind of contrasted with the reason you were doing the research that made you decide to to dive all the way into this? Yeah, I think that that's, you know, a fair way to describe this. I was stunned by the material in this book and by these it was little bits of narrative. Um, but also by the tone. This, this was not a sorrowful reflection of the Holocaust where I, I felt so much of my own life had, there was so much sorrow and so much grief. Of course there was. Um, but this, this book, these documents from the 1940s, they were angry. They were furious. They were passionate. These were women writing about their fight for justice and liberty. And it, 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 it was chilling. It, 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 it woke me up. It really presented uh, a very real and, and passionate tale of, of young women in the Holocaust that was so different in tone than what I'd ever heard. Absolutely. And uh, these women were hardcore. I mean, they witnessed brutal murders and their communities were shattered. They were interned in Gestapo prisons. They smuggled weapons and built systems of bunkers and would seduce soldiers to kill them. Um, They did so much and played such an important role. Why do you think their stories remained hidden for so long in a, a dusty book in the corner of a London library? I mean, and they're, they're, they're such dramatic stories. They're such important stories. And there's so many of these women. There are mm-hmm. hundreds, if not thousands. How did I not know this? Right. How did I, who comes from a survivor family and community, I actually, I have a PhD in women's history. How could I not know about this? And it's a great question. And it became a sub-question in all my research. On the one hand, what happened? What's the story? And on the other hand, what happened to this story? And I do get into this in much greater detail in the book. Um, but in the interest of time, I'll, I'll just say very briefly that the story, there are two stories that have been suppressed. One is the history of Jewish resistance in the Holocaust, in particular in Poland. And the other is women's experience in the Holocaust. And both of these strands have been under discussed for reasons that are political. Um, having to do with zeitgeist, having to do with what we're interested in at, at different times. Sure. Um, and also and also simply because women didn't tell their story or they told it and then they stopped. They weren't believed or they were accused of being collaborators, of sleeping their way to safety, of leaving their families in order to fight. Um, they felt that compared to their survivor peers who'd been through Auschwitz, they 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 hadn't had it that bad. They didn't merit sharing this narrative. And for many of them too, they were so young during the war. And when the war was over, they had their lives ahead of them. And it was so important for those who survived to to keep on surviving. And for many of them, they needed to start fresh. They needed to put the past behind them, have children, create new families, and, and they wanted to raise these new families in happy, normal environments. So they they didn't talk about it for a long time. 
That makes sense. That really makes sense. So how, so the amount of research that was necessary for this book is astounding. So how did you manage to, to, to go in and find all of these narratives from all of these different women? What was your research process like? <laughs> my, my research process, I, 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 I'm having, a, you know, flashbacks to the difficulty. The research process was, you know, I really went after whatever primary source documents I could find. I went to every archive, every library, every museum I could think of that would hold related material and looked up the names of these women in their catalogs. And it, and the name, my name list grew. First, there were about 50 women that I found in that original Yiddish book. But as I began to read their stories, more names came up and more names came up. And I, I kept a running list of all these names. In fact, the front of the book has some of them listed in it. Um, and I, 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 I just kept trying to find whatever primary documentation, be it testimonies, writings, letters, um, any kind of ephemera from the time and from later in life for those who did survive yeah. and and just collect all these stories and then begin to put them together in a in a chronological narrative with with some context sure and you said that a, a couple of times you would find conflicting accounts of events and then you would have to do further research to to be able to to put together a a, a complete narrative i mean kudos to you because that was uh, I, I, th this is such a detailed book and it, it's such an exciting story so it's really kind of no wonder that it has been optioned to be a major motion picture so what what is the process of that did did you get approached um about turning this into a movie how does that happen uh yeah i mean as soon as i i um as i sold the book um which was um, sold uh, on, on. I hadn't written it yet. It was a. Mm -hmm. It was a proposal. It was a proposed project. Um, I, I had interest um, uh, from the production company in in purchasing the option um, for the book, and I was uh, very lucky to be hired as a co-writer on on that screenplay as well. So it's still very early stages, and you know, fingers crossed. Um, but you know, we've been working on writing screenplay. Sure. And so is this your first foray into screenwriting? It is. How it does is, that differ? How does yeah, that's screenplay? a great question. Um, well, a screenplay is much shorter than a book, especially a long history book about the Holocaust. So, you know, it requires um, really honing in on, on um, particular characters, particular moments and stories. Um, and but you know this the narrative itself it, it it's it's so dramatic it's so cinematic that it is, um, yeah. fortunately there's good material to work with most definitely and you put I mean you've got some photographs you've got several pages of, of photographs in the book to to show the faces of some of these I don't want to call them characters because it's nonfiction but some of these humans um, so that you can really picture. The, that they were doing all of these these daring feats. Now you also have a young version of the book. So tell me a little bit about uh, why you've written another version of it. Yeah, so this is a young reader's edition, and it's for ages ten to fourteen. Okay. Um, and 
this was actually it was the publisher that approached me um, about this, and I, I I jumped at the chance to do this. And I, I again I worked with someone who is experienced in writing for that age group, and that it's you know I always say it's it's the story is very similar to the adult version. It has the same kishkas, it has the same guts, um, but it's a much shorter and more narrative version. Um, it's sort of uh, pared down. Um, in terms of characters, there isn't as much historical context, but it still tells the story of these Jewish women who fought the Nazis. That's wonderful. So it makes the story accessible for a- anyone who wants to to access it from from the the a- a- any age anywhere. Uh, so you have described yourself as having a promiscuous career. Uh, you've got a, a BA in, uh, in history of science and a PhD in the history of art, and you've worked as a museum curator and obviously a writer and a lecturer. So w- what it has led you on such a, a varied career path? I, I think I'm just someone that never knew what she wanted to be when she grew up. I still don't. Who knows what's next? Sure. I, 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 I've been lucky to follow passions for, for a lot of my career and, and engage in different kinds of projects. When it comes to history and the arts, you kind of can't go wrong. And there are so many paths that you can take that I, I think it kind of makes sense that, uh, that there would be, you know, m- many different branches to the work that you've done. And now you can add screenwriter to that list of, um, of <laughs> career opportunities. This, this book became an instant New York Times bestseller. Uh, what is the reception? Have you heard from anyone that was perhaps related to these women? Oh, I get emails all the time from family members of these women. I mean, I, I interviewed many family members before the book came out, of course. Right. Um, right. But there are some of these women who I, I, I didn't know their family existed. And I get emails all the time from family members, including of women who were killed during the war, um, who didn't survive, which is why I didn't know they, they had family, but they, they do, and, you know, uh, nieces and nephews and cousins. Um, and I get emails from uh, telling me all kinds of stories of women who were involved in the underground in Poland and elsewhere in Europe um, that I, again, I didn't know about that weren't included in any of those, in any of my lists, um, but still have incredible tales. And I mean, they're just, people always ask me, how many women were involved? I don't know, because I'm still getting emails all the time with more and more stories. Sure. There is so much left to tell in the world of so many historical events that it's uh, it, it's such a blessing that you were able to um, to, to talk to family members of, you know, the, those who survived. And like you said, those who didn't to, to get additional perspective of that which lives on. And like you said, trauma can sometimes can live live on in family. So it's interesting how history kind of follows follows us around. Well, so you are participating in the Miami Book Fair. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I will be speaking at the Miami Book Fair, and I, I'm very excited to be coming and to, you know, I've, I've started doing in-person events recently, so it's, it's really exciting uh, to know I'll, I'll, I'll be there and we'll tell a bit about the book and tell a few of these women's stories. I think that's fantastic. And anybody who wants to uh, to, to participate, uh, who wants to see that, you can visit MiamiBookFairOnline.com and download schedule and, and see when Judy Battalion is 
going to be there. Well, Judy, I cannot thank you enough for, for being on the show today, Ben, especially for writing this book and sharing this information that might otherwise have been buried. Thank you so much for having me. And for the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, this is Shannon Fisher. See you next time.